Hello, and welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. This is Sarah. Join us for bookish episodes and a monthly book club pick. This is Ashley. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod, or go to our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. This is Jen. Check out our Teachers Pay Teachers store, our Patreon page, and our newsletter. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to support us. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hi, and welcome to Unabridged, teaching tidbit number seven. This is hands-on activities and books with Ashley. I have three particular books I wanted to recommend that I have loved and used a lot for hands-on activities with kids. So I thought about this topic this time of year because if you do have students in your building, then we all know that this is a time that's really hectic and that kids are very enthusiastic. And I don't know about you, but I've noticed with my own children that this year they are especially enthusiastic. I think that given the way the year has been, that there have not been a whole lot of things for kids to be excited about. And so because of that, I think that they are more enthusiastic than normal about the holiday season and the upcoming break and all those kinds of things. If you have kids at home, I wanted to talk about this book these books now because this is a great thing to do if you have a break coming up and it's also a great thing to gift people if you're looking for a gift item for moms that you know who have young children or for teachers who work with students and might be interested in some hands-on activities. That's really why this topic came to mind for me at this time of year particularly. So I wanted to say first about hands-on activities that I find that really intimidating. I know that it's a lot of fun for kids to get to do things hands-on, and I certainly have seen the benefits of that kind of activity, but I find when I'm planning lessons and that kind of thing that, in general, that's an area that is difficult to try out. It's hard to think through how to get the materials together, what kind of product you want to have students produce, and there's lots of great help online However, I sometimes get really overwhelmed by that. If you Google a slime recipe, for example, because you'd like to do that with students, you are going to find a huge range of information out there and each recipe is going to look really different. I did this recently with bath bombs at home and just went for the internet and felt kind of overwhelmed about I got the basics of what needed to be in the bath bomb in order to get it to fizz in the tub, but then there was such wide variety online about what other items to include and how to mold them and how long to leave them in the molds and all that kind of stuff, and so I found that hard to do. So that's why I recommend books for this kind of thing because I find that just like having a great cookbook, it's really comforting with hands-on activities to have a trusted source where you can flip through the book, you know that you like the activities inside of it, and then you're not overwhelmed with tons and tons of different recommendations as far as how to do the hands-on activity that you have in mind. So with that in mind, the first book that I got early on when my children were quite young is called 150 Plus Screen-Free Activities for Kids, and the subtitle is The Very Best and Easiest Playtime Activities from funathomewithkids.com. 
This book is written by Asia Citro, and she has lots of pictures in the book of her own children doing these activities, and she has a lot of experience doing them with different kids. And one of the things I love about the book is that it is organized by different types of activities. And so that's really helpful as far as thinking about what activity you might like to do with students and then browsing through the different options that are related to dough, for example, if you're wanting to do a dough activity in class. And so that's really helpful. The other thing that I found invaluable with young children is that she really is very explicit about which ages the activity is appropriate for and what to take into consideration if you're doing it with preschool age children or even younger. And so that was really helpful when my kids were younger and is something I still reference when I'm thinking about doing activities with students when I need to consider the safety for the different age kids. So that's really helpful. That one I've had a long time and it really cultivated my love of this kind of book because like I said, I have found that I've gone to it many different times. It's also helped me get a sense of the kinds of things to keep on hand in the house. We have a lot of baking soda in our house. We have a lot of vinegar. We have a lot of shaving cream. I invested in liquid watercolors early on, and that is something that I bought one time, and I have that was such a great purchase. I've used it many, many, many times, and I absolutely love the ones that I have, and they've lasted for years. So it's that kind of thing that having the book gave me a sense of some helpful items to have on hand that I could use for lots of different hands-on activities, and so that was a valuable part of this book as well. So I've had that one a long time, and then since then I have added two additional books that I really have loved to what I have at home to use with my kids. And again, I I don't think I said in this particular episode, but my children now are four and six. So the second book I wanted to recommend is by Kimberly McLeod, and she has other books as well. But the one that I have is called Fun and Easy Crafting with Recycled Materials. And the subtitle of this one is 60 Cool Projects that Reimagine Paper Rolls, Egg Cartons, Jars, and More. And this has been a great activity book for my daughters who both love to craft and who love reusing things that we have laying around the house. And so again, like with Citro's book, it is organized by type. So If you look at the paper roll activity section, for example, you can find all the different activities that utilize paper rolls that you, of course, can easily accumulate within your home and save and use. And so that's been really helpful. And similar to what I was saying about the other book as far as items to just have on hand, I found that it's helped me think about which craft supplies are most useful to keep. And so I've learned to keep things like my paper towel rolls, which I didn't always collect before, or egg cartons. I'm more careful now to make sure I get the kind of egg carton that is most useful for crafts, and I find that we use those frequently. And so it's that kind of thing that has been really helpful, and again, having the book has helped me to see that. But my kids have done quite a few of the activities in this book, and I always think it's funny to compare. They look so gorgeous in the book, and a lot of times our products are not exactly book photo quality, but what I love about it is that my girls have a lot of fun doing it and they love the products they've created and they're really proud of them and they don't get discouraged by what the product looks like because they have so much fun with the experience. So I love that one as well. 
And the last one that I've accumulated most recently that I wanted to share is also by Asia Citro. And this one's called The Curious Kids Science Book, 100 Plus Creative Hands-On Activities for Ages 4 to 8. And I chose that one because my oldest daughter is absolutely in love with science. And so I knew she would be excited just by the fact that it had the word science on it. And I really love the mindset of that book. And so some of the activities are really simple, which is great from the teacher slash parent perspective. There are some that are just simple ideas, but things I might not have thought of. So it's, you know, putting, taking in a nine by 13 and putting oil in water and then using pipettes to do various things with that oil and water or things like putting a tiny bit of dish soap into water in different size containers and blowing bubbles to see which containers create the largest amount of bubbles. It's those kinds of things that some of them are very quick and easy to get started and they produce really interesting results. And I love that that book, she's very careful to frame things using the mindset and vocabulary that helps students or children to learn the scientific method and how to create a hypothesis and think through things. And so all of that is just really rich. So again, I will be linking all three of those books in the show notes. And I just wanted to say that I have personal experience using those and really love them and that they've worked really well for me. But in general, I just recommend the use of books to help you integrate more hands-on activities because I do find that using books and having something as a reference point that's not just the internet is really helpful in this regard. Thank you so much for listening today. If you have books that relate to this that you love, please share them on social media. You can find us at unabridgedpod.com. And as always, if you have questions or comments, please contact us and we would love to hear your thoughts. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnabridgedPod or on the web at UnabridgedPod.com for a list of ways to support us. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged. 